podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 27. Interview with DreamWorks Animation's Frankie Franco. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with over 100,000 downloadable titles to choose from. So the holidays are coming up and you can actually get your gifts early this year because Audible is giving you a free audiobook download. Just go to audibletrial.com backslash the rotoscopers for your free audiobook trial. is the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. So we had the amazing opportunity to interview Frankie Franco III, who works at DreamWorks Animation Studios. He's currently a production assistant there, and that's actually his first job at the studio. So it was actually pretty cool to get to interview somebody whose first job in the industry is a production assistant, which is a little different than some of the other people we've interviewed who maybe have been in the industry a long time or their first jobs were in the visual arts. So it's kind of cool to see the other side and perspective. And he definitely has dabbles his fingers in all sorts of the production side. He's very instrumental in getting the film ultimately completed and done. So it was great to hear his perspective. He's funny. He's awesome. We actually got a few requests to interview Frack from other listeners who know him from Pottercast. So we are very grateful to Frack for letting us interview him and essentially talk about his job. So here it is and enjoy the interview. Okay, so um, I don't think we've introduced ourselves since there's two of us here. I'm Morgan. I'm the one who is emailing you. Uh, Hello. My name is Chelsea. Hi, Chelsea. Hello. I have not talked to you at all. So, (laughs) hi. (laughs) Nice to meet you, sort of. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I've listened to Pottercast since, like, 2005. So nice. Essentially, since it started out. I remember my freshman year of college, I was... That was the first podcast I discovered, and... uh, you came around, and so Chelsea never listened to it, but I introduced her. So I'm like, here, you need to know who Frack is. So she listened to a few episodes the past few days. Oh, cool. So Okay, so should we just get started? Let's do yeah. it. Since I know you're seeing your movie tonight, so. Woo-hoo, yeah, like, sometime. I'm going to go see it. I might wait till tomorrow. I'm not sure. Can we go see with my parents tomorrow and my, and my cousins and aunt and uncle? So I don't know if I want to see it another time, but I think some friends are going to go tonight, so I think I'm going to go anyway. So. Yeah. So what's like, what's the buzz around the studio today? Like, what's a release date like? Release date is actually really, really cool um, at the studio because they do like a big, like, it's kind of like they have like a, they have a swag giveaway, which is typically some CP, some consumer products. Mm -hmm. They develop for it. McDonald's toys, um, (laughs) like sometimes candy, sometimes like temporary tattoos. Mm -hmm. And then they just have like, Usually they have like a party that's themed mm-hmm. towards the movies. And so it's really cool. Like they had um, glitter tattoos at work because of Sandman yeah. and his beam sand. And so that was really fun. They've, they usually theme the food. Uh, they have a toast. We have a cross-site toast that we connect with um, our Redwood City campus up north. And... Then the the director talks, and then well Jeffrey will talk, and then the director talks, and then the producers talk, and it's it's always it's very very it's it's really really fun. Ooh, cool! So everyone's excited, and we're keeping our fingers crossed because we still have to compete with Twilight a bit. And <laughs> nothing against Twilight, but it's a black hole when it comes to 
to money and movies to everyone else. <laughs> because people just want to see it. They don't want to see, and they don't want to see it just once. They want to see it like eighteen times. And it kind of pulls the same, not the same audience, but like the Twilight fans would. Twilight fans would enjoy this movie because it has kind of like that whimsical, mystical nature, and there's a pale guy who's kind of <laughs> like. Frost is he's so dreamy and he's like really pale and sparkly <laughs> and so, slightly creepy yeah exactly he's like oh go, go see rise of the guardians twilight people. <laughs> i'm gonna tell my friends that oh, forget twilight there's a new frosty <laughs> pale guy in town <laughs> really oh, i thought twilight ended <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um okay so we want to do something this is something we do sometimes between each other and guests it's called Catch and Fire. It's just kind of like a rapid fire stream of questions we'll ask you just to kind of like break the ice and get to know you. So, um, Chelsea, you want to do it? So are you ready for this? I think so. So you just give uh, just a little one word answers or if you feel if you need to explain yourself, please do. But all right. It's about animation, more or less. So. OK. Well, then, how about a quick round of Catch and Fire? <laughs> catch and Fire? You mean me? You're the only one with enough c- 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 courage. <laughs> All right. So, what was the very first animated movie you remember seeing? Little Mermaid. Favorite cartoon growing up? Oh, um, there's so many, but I'd have to say Gargoyles. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite animated movie? Um, dang, I'm so close to Rise of the Guardians. I can't pick that one, even though I really do love it. Um, it's probably a toss up between The Little Mermaid because of just nostalgia and Sleeping Beauty because it is just gorgeous. Sleeping Beauty is a work of art. It's amazing. I agree. Um, favorite animator or artist? Um, favorite animator? Probably Glenn Keane. Okay, very nice. Classic animation or CGI? Um, I love 2D, so yeah, I like I like paper pencil. I'm liking your answers so far. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're trying to. Decide I'm not supposed if, to judge, but <laughs> we're like, trying to decide if we're going to let you into our club here. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we filter. <laughs> uh, Disney or Pixar? We're the same now. Yeah, it's true, mm-hmm. but. Before, I guess, Pixar, but I don't know. It just it honestly depends on a movie basis because there are some Disney movies that I really love and some Pixar movies I really hate. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> That's, I say that on purpose because most everybody loves Pixar and they have great movies, but some of them are like, some of them I'm not, I'm not too keen on. All right. Laika or Studio Ghibli? Oh. Laika. Disneyland or Disney World? Disneyland. I've never been to Disney World, but I hear it's too spread out. Yeah, I'll agree. Us West Coasters always pick Disneyland, <laughs> <laughs> and it's the original. It's like it's true. <laughs> it's quaint. It's perfect. It's the way Walt wanted it. Just yeah, exactly. don't you can complain. Do it in a day. You can walk around and do it in a day. You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't have to pay for like five different admissions for every park. No. So. So for California Adventure, which if you have you gone to the new California Adventure? No, I want to. Uh, I've heard amazing things. Yeah, because the entrance is really, really beautiful. Like, they make it 
the you are you familiar with the concept behind it how mm-hmm. main street is like walt's hometown when he left and then the entrance to california adventure is la when he arrived yeah so it's really 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 beautiful very art deco and i love art deco so i was super pumped nice all right disney princesses or princes or princess princesses okay <laughs> stitch or tinkerbell uh, toothless. Real <laughs> <laughs> Tinkerbell. The you real Tinkerbell. Okay. Not, well, it came out in the last, like, five to ten years. Tinkerbell, Peter Pan Tinkerbell. All right. All right. She's a different character. <laughs> but that's a- no talking Mom. Tinkerbell for him. Oh, okay, yeah. Exactly. All right, so people or anthropomorphic? Oh. Oh, I can't choose. That's a hard one because it depends. You have to choose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, let's go with people because that includes like like mermaids and fairies and stuff oh all right sounds good bravo songs or no songs songs who would win in a fight king fergus or stoic the vast stoic the vast summer releases or winter releases as a child i enjoyed summer releases as an adult i enjoy winter releases Mm. ah nice Okay, and this is the last one, and it's a toughie. So picture this. You are trapped by um, terrorists. Let's say that. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what's written there, (laughs) Chelsea. I'm I'm just going with it here. I'm just going with it. So you're trapped by terrorists, and in order to get out, you have to watch one of these two movies. Which one do you choose? Okay. Return of Jafar or Cinderella 2? (laughs) <laughs> return of Jafar because I actually enjoy that because it came out when I was young enough and I was like ooh a sequel <laughs> and, and there's magic in it and I, I was really excited to see um, Jafar as like an evil genie mm. so I actually yeah. enjoy that one so that one's yeah I do that one So I don't think we introduced you, but you are Frack, also known as Frankie Franco the Third, right? That is correct. <laughs> we had a listener fan mail that came in and they're like, hey, we really, really want, um, I'm a fan of Pottercast and I would love it if you guys interviewed Frack from Pottercast. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, Chelsea was reading that email and <laughs> she misread it and she read it as Frankie Franco 3. <laughs> so <laughs> I just I was just like going at it. I, I was on a roll just reading straight through it. I would love it if you would have a Frankie Franco 3 or Third. Frack as we know him. I think I said Frankie Franco 3. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Frankie Franco 3. <laughs> I was like, wait, I definitely did not say the third. Okay. What did I say? I don't know. <laughs> Frankie Franco 3. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about you. Just, you know, your very first interview question for jobs, I always ask you, tell us about yourself. So tell us about yourself. I am a production assistant at DreamWorks Animation. I was on Rise of the Guardians in the animation department as a PA, and now I am on 
How to Train Your Dragon 2 in animation as a PA. Um, I went to school for illustration. I'm born and raised in Southern California. Um, I really enjoy coffee and cats, (laughs) and I like to draw, and... I really like Harry Potter, so I do a little uh, do a Harry Potter podcast called Pottercast. Um, yeah, perfect. So you mentioned that your background's in art. So tell us a little bit about your interest in art, and then how you ultimately ended up at DreamWorks. Um, I've always drawn, and so I just when I went to college, I wanted to draw, and so I became an illustration major. Um, after college, I did a myriad of jobs. I was a graphic designer for an architecture firm. I did freelance for a bit, but that was really tough to find work. I, I taught high school. I mean, well, I substitute high school for a year, which was a lot of fun. And then the second year subbing, I was still technically a substitute, but I had my own class for the whole year because I, there was a teacher who was out on medical leave and she ended up not coming back. And so... By the time she didn't come back, it was well enough into the year that they just gave me the classroom for the rest of the year. So that was a really great experience. And then I worked at Apple for a year and then I worked at DreamWorks and I've been there for, it was two years on Monday. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, very much so. It's been fun. You say you're a production assistant. What does that Uh, job title include? A production assistant, um, typically in how it works at DreamWorks, is that each show is broken up into different departments, whether it be like story, layout, animation, character effects, effects, so-and-so, lighting, all that jazz. And there is typically like a, a production supervisor, a production coordinator, and a production assistant. And that team of three people you help manage a team of artists, whatever perspective department. If it's in modeling, you have a team of X amount of models, of modelers. Um, If it's animation, you have a team of X amount of animators. And you just, we're kind of like the the oil in the machine. We make sure that we deliver stuff to the studio on time, that the producers are happy. Um, And then, but at the same time, if the artists think that they, there should be a change to the story or to a character design. We communicate that as well. And so, like, I really am just – I assist and I <laughs> – I'm an assistant. Um, and I just kind of, like, handle – how it worked in my old, my old department um, with on Rise of the Guardians is usually my supervisor – if I'm speaking in broad strokes, my supervisor dealt with tomorrow – quote unquote because she dealt with the schedule and making sure that we kind of we're, we're just on like on top of things and then like my coordinator made sure that all the stuff that needed needs to go to the other departments we get to the other departments so she pretty much dealt with like yesterday quote unquote and then i would deal with today quote unquote meaning that if we had meetings moving stuff around the calendar building playlists making sure all that stuff happened. So it really is a huge team effort and they really encourage that at DreamWorks and it's a really great experience. Um, and so your job kind of shapes. And what's interesting about it is that your job shape, it's different at different times in production. It's different with different people. And so like the general strokes is I help manage a team of artists and I manage calendars a lot. Cool. So I know that um, from your Instagram or your Twitter, it seems your day starts with usually some sort of coffee and sketching or um, you yeah. kind of hanging out at DreamWorks in their cafe or outside. So give us the typical day in the life of a production assistant or what you would typically do. 
from waking up to, I guess, leaving work. Okay, well, I'm blessed enough to live extremely close to work. I live like two miles away. And so on a perfect day, I bike to work and I try to bike most days of the week. This last week, anyway, I try to, <laughs> life story. Uh, I usually bike to work. Um, I usually, there's a coffee shop that I like down the street that I'll stop there and get some, they have really good espresso. If I can drink espresso without having to put cream in it, it's good espresso. And I don't have to put cream in it there. And so I just have some espresso. I read, I'll Instagram. If I have time, I'll sketch a little bit. Then I, I head into work. It takes me about like 15 minutes to bike to work. Um, head into work. Um, I go to my desk. I log in, check my emails. I will check in with my supervisor and my coordinator. We see what the game plan for the day is. Each day is different depending on the day of the week. Cause sometimes we have daily, sometimes we don't, sometimes we have meetings with producers, all that fun stuff. Um, I usually eat lunch with some friends on campus. They have a great commissary on campus that we get to eat for free. And so, and we have a myriad of options. We have a, like a salad bar, a sandwich bar, a soup bar, a a main entree that the chef makes a chef special, which he just makes up whatever he wants. (laughs) Everything that's left over. (laughs) Not that kind of. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like creative. It's like we had chicken, like we'll have like, uh, like fish one day. And then the next day it'll be like fish tacos. I'm like, Oh cool. So like, it's Ah. just, just being responsible with what we have and nothing, but yes, sometimes leftovers, but it's always in a new kind of creative way. And sometimes I like like the taco version of it better than the normal version of it. Cause it's just, it has a little more seasoning in it and all that fun stuff. Um, and they have a grill as well that has like a full barbecue and they have vegetarian options, which are fun. I like to get, I'm not a vegetarian, but I like to get the, the garden burgers or the chipotle black bean burger. If you ever have an opportunity to eat those, they're delicious. Um, <laughs> After lunch, um, depending on the day, we have meetings. I'll typically, you know, work, take notes, whatever I need to do. I'll get coffee in the afternoon again. We'll just, they have a Starbucks on campus and I walk down there and I know all the baristas in there and they're like my best friends and we talk. (laughs) So they give me my coffee and then I go back upstairs and I attend to whatever the needs are. And then I check in with my supervisor and coordinator at the end of the day, see what we need to get done, if I need to stay late. Um, and then I bike home. Cool. How often do you end up staying late, do you think? Um, at the beginning of a production, not that bad. You know, it's it's nice. You get to leave around 6. Um, towards the end, when it gets a little busier, um, we'll, we'll see you later. We'll stay like till 7, 7.30. Mm-hmm. There were occasions on Rise of the Guardians where you had to stay late, but... It was, it was fun though, because it's like, everyone's there. It's just like, and we get to order dinner. And so then they, they deliver dinner to us and we get to order dinner from like this huge menu. We can pick from all these different places that would, um, there's like this service online that coordinates dinners for like different studios. And so like we can order from like cheesecake factory. We can order from BJ's. It's a lot of fun. So you mentioned like sometimes towards the end of production, things sort of hours get longer. Is that Typical, like, is there ever, has there ever been any films maybe in DreamWorks history where they're on schedule and ready a few months before, and so people don't work crazy hours? Well, I mean, they're all, like, the working those hours isn't off schedule. Like, it's just, it's part of the the process, Mm -hmm. DreamWorks, because DreamWorks likes to keep it open. Like, if there is a story note that we get late in the production and it's valid to meet, we're going to meet it. We're not going to be like, oh, we can't. 
like if it serves the story better, we're going to serve the story better. And so we're not really off schedule because we have to be on schedule. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much like just everyone's time and money's at stake and we have release dates already. So these release dates are projected. And if something has to push that, that, that can be very problematic. And so usually it's the producers, like the producers have that burden of making sure that we stay on schedule and stuff like that. And typically they do. I mean, I've only worked on guardians. So that's only my, that's my first film. And that was great. Like our schedule was so well managed that I think over the the two years that I worked on that movie, I worked maybe two or three Saturdays and yeah. on, like I've heard people talk where, whether at DreamWorks or whether at Disney or just in the visual effects industry, like towards the end of a film, you work six days a week yeah. for, like, for like a month or two. And I was, I prepared myself mentally for that because it does get taxing after a while. Cause you just get tired, you know? And I, I had to maybe work, they just sprinkled Saturdays here and there. And so they were very intelligent about orchestrating that. And I was, I was really impressed by that. So what's your favorite part about working for DreamWorks? My favorite part about working with DreamWorks, and I guess this is my favorite part of the day, if we have, like, um, when it gets to that point in the day, like, in, in production, we have dailies every day. I love dailies. I love sitting in there. And because, like, what we do, how we worked on Guardians is I would I would drive the dailies, and then my coordinator, she would take the notes. And so I would sit there, and I would, beforehand, I would build a playlist of all the shots that the artists submitted and all that kind of stuff. And then we'd get in the room and then we'd go down the agenda and we'd just show the shots and get the notes on each shot and what, what the director wanted, didn't like, what he did like. And it was it was wonderful. Like I love like when I rent a DVD, I typically watch the movie twice. I'll watch the movie and then I'll watch it again with commentary if it has it. I love listening to like that kind of stuff. We're and- soulmates. <laughs> it's just like extra exposition. It's wonderful. But I got two years of it, like every yeah. day. Like I got so, it was wonderful. Like I love sitting in there, listening to the people making decisions um, and just giving like, and how, like sometimes how the schedule has to affect the creative and how sometimes the creative affects the the schedule and, and all that kind of fun stuff. It's like, it's really interesting and how sometimes some of the most brilliant ideas creatively come out from the fact that like X needs to happen. And so then it's, it, it gets a box. And then in that box, this wonderful thing came out of that tension. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's my favorite. I love, I love just sitting in there and listening to them talk and all that kind of fun stuff. So if you could describe like the culture of DreamWorks Animation Studio in three words, what would that be? Three words. It would be not to sound cheesy, but family. Um, I want a better word than creative. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll settle with that one. No, it's uh, family storytelling and independence. Why do you, why do you say independence? Um, it's just because we're like DreamWorks animation is one of the last independent animation studios. Like there's like a handful of them out there now. And it's just, it's really cool that, we don't have the benefits of some of the bigger studios like with consumer products and like all that kind of stuff. But it's really great that we get to make the movies that we want to make. I don't know. It's awesome. Like you're at studio and you like, I'll, I see Jeffrey walk around the CEO. He's the, the K in DreamWorks SKG. <laughs> hey, Katzenberg. Oh my gosh. That is so 
cool. Like <gasps> we had a uh, we had like a, a company update a few months back, and it was really exciting. And they talked about like, our upcoming slate and stuff. And um, he sent an email out about how he enjoyed it, and like I was like, you know what? I emailed, I just replied to it. I'm like, you know what? Thank you so much for like being so like, he's like being so candid with us and sharing this stuff. It really makes me realize even as a PA that I'm really part of this like family and this team. And then he replied back like two minutes later, like you are happy face with an explanation. Like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) When I see people like, I don't know, I couldn't be around celebrities very much because they just geek out. I'm like, (laughs) so, um, Rise of the Guardian. So we saw it last night and I was very, very impressed. I wasn't quite sure what to expect going into it. What did you expect going into it? (laughs) Well, (laughs) honestly, um, let's go for this one. Let's see. I thought it would be more Christmassy based than it was. And I didn't think it would be, I I guess they kind of gave these hints that it was going to be like really Jack's story, Uh but I guess I didn't think so much that it was going to be about him. But what overwhelmed me was the storytelling, like one of the three words used to describe DreamWorks, that it was just an overall incredible story that they told. And they really wove all these different elements into it and Jack's backstory and everything. And I left like really satisfied, you know, because I, I, I kind of went into it. I'm like, OK, are they making a holiday movie just so they can replay it every Christmas and, and Easter, and, Easter <laughs> and get a bunch of, you know, revenue off it? Like that was being the, the really cynical. But uh, that was a long time ago, a few months Pragmatic. ago. <laughs> but I everything, all my uh, expectations were, I guess they were kind of mid-level and I was very, very impressed. Like, I think it was one of the best films of the year. Yeah, the storyline, I... For me personally, I'm more of a traditionalist and like looking at all of the character designs, I was just really worried about it. I was just like, oh, I don't like tattooed Santa. I don't <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go for that one. Where's my holly jolly Coca-Cola Santa, you know, and it's just all these different things just kind of was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Um, but yeah, when I went in, I had that type going through but as I watched it and it really did a good job at just like taking you and like it doesn't matter any of the previous thoughts you had about these characters you were looking at these characters and it wasn't a we're trying to play off of other people's ideas or of what they are it's just like okay here's our movie here is our story Mm -hmm. and this is how it's going to be going and and that was really cool I, I believed it and I was in it we're believers. We're believers. Aw, <laughs> that's the whole point of the movie. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> say, um, have you? Are you guys familiar with how Bill Joyce came up with the idea? No, I want to read the book though. Yeah, lightness. Well, how he came up with the concept is that I guess one night he was putting his his daughter to sleep or something, and she asked if um, if Santa Claus knew the Easter Bunny. And he kind of just sparked in you. He was like, huh. And so he told her, yeah, they do know each other. And that's where the whole thing came from. Like, mm-hmm. it was just the fact that if these myth- do these mythological creatures and figures know each other. And so it just kind of started from there. Ah, they did a great job. They meeting you guys. Yay. <laughs> like, it was, it was great. It was a really cool experience. So um, when you first got on the project, like, what were your thoughts? Because it's probably been in development a little while. 
Yeah, I've been in development for a little while. Um, my f- I have a my best friend works there, and so he he's worked there for a few more years than me. And so I w- occasionally I would go see like a movie on campus, and then he'd kind of like show me around like on the first floor and show me some paintings and whatnot that are by the bathrooms and stuff. And they had some paintings of Rise of the Guardians, and I just I was like, oh, those are cool because it looks kind of very storybooky. And then so when I heard that that was the movie they were hiring for when I applied, I got really excited because I love fairy tales I, I i love them to death and i love when you can take something uh i love adaptations of things so if you could take something and kind of like modify it or just update it or just kind of like put your own twist on it i re- i like that in and of itself and so this was a two things that i loved it was a fair, fairy tales and like a modern twist or your own adaptation on it and so i was like really pumped and then when i got the job i got like a little like a welcome packet that had all like the character designs in them. And then I fell head over heels for it because from a character design point of view, these characters are amazing in my opinion. Like especially like Santa Claus is fun. Like you, like they did a great job at like keeping true to the Santa Claus archetypes, but not being the Coca-Cola Santa, you know, like the black fur trim that was clever. They gave him the Russian hat versus the Santa hat. Um, Easter bunny uh, was going through a redesign at the time. So I didn't see him until later. Um, Cause he went through a lot of different redesigns. The, the Sandman is beautiful. Like it's just, it's so clever because like when you think of Sandman, a lot of people weren't even familiar with Sandman before. Like I've, I've talked to a bunch of friends who are like, what is the Sandman? I'm like, you've never heard of the Sandman. <laughs> like no i'm like oh he's the guy that brings you dreams he puts dust in your eyes and he makes you fall asleep and that's where you get the sleep on your eyes i'm like oh okay (laughs) um there his design was just beautiful like that golden sand with like the little sun silhouette and and then the tooth fairy i just i love her so much like the fact that they were they were smart enough to give her a tail with an interesting silhouette because her wings are in blur for the most of the movie Uh think of a fairy the interesting silhouette of a fairy from a design point of view are its wings. Yeah. But she's flapping so fast like a hummingbird that her, or like a dragonfly that her wings are just going to be like this shimmer, which is gorgeous because it's just like this distortion and like shimmer of the background behind her. Um, but the fact that it gave her this really interesting, like tail was like a peacock tail, but not really, you know, it was, it was great. And then Jack Frost was super cool with his like colonial pants and his like his hoodie that had like, <laughs> I know, so cold i'm like uh so who's your favorite character ah it's like picking your favorite kid i don't know (laughs) well who who do you relate the most to um if i had to pick it would probably be the sandman i love the sandman Mm, interesting i don't know who i relate to most because the sandman is really quiet and i'm very loud so (laughs) um I like Jack. I honestly, I do like all the characters, but if I had to pick, it'd be Sandman would be like just a hair, a grain of sand, if you will, above the others. Oh yeah. Okay. So what's your favorite scene in the film? Um, my favorite scene, my favorite scene is, uh, Easter destroyed. Oh, how come? Um, I just, I really, really 
love how that's acted and how it plays out. And I love Bunny's monologue in that. Like, not to be too explicit, but when he talks about how Easter's for hope and da-da-da-da-da-da, like, first of all, that scene is just wonderfully lit. It's beautiful. And I just really, really like what he has to say. It's arguably the worst scene in the movie, too, because it's just so horrible and hard to watch. But it's just done so well. Yeah. Um, I really like that scene and I loved his speech, but it like got me thinking of, you know, hope. And there was a very obvious connection about Easter and, right. and what it really means. So what was, I mean, I know you're a Christian yeah. and so was, how did they play off? I mean, these holidays, Christmas and Easter are based off, not based off, but they're meant to celebrate the birth of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. Um, and then obviously Santa and the Easter bunny are, are not spiritually related in a way uh to that so how did they how did that get well handled the dialogue there yeah <laughs> like being in animation my department is in the middle of the pipeline and so i don't deal with if these things should be in the movie we deal with how they're handled in the movie yeah. if that makes if that's a clear enough distinction mm-hmm. and so i'm not too sure and like obviously like i gravitate towards that scene because I thought they did a great job of just communicating what hope is. Mm -hmm. And you can like, for me personally, of course, I'm going to see that through the eyes of my faith and my beliefs and how I choose to live my life. Um, But at the same time, it it wasn't like, I don't know. I can't speak authority because I wasn't, you know, I had nothing to do with that, but it was very intelligent and specific storytelling in the sense that they didn't, divide the audience by saying you have to have to hope in this or yeah, hope yeah. That. it was just like hope and so people can pick up that word and that term and place it wherever they have significance and va- significance and value in their life you know what i mean and so it was just i really enjoyed the fact that it was very bold in the safe like it's about hope new beginnings blah 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 and as a christian i like i gravitate to that right away i'm like that's awesome like that is very sound advice and it goes all right along the lines of what I choose to believe and how to live my life. So like that was super exciting and cool for me. And with like, same with the, the Christmas one, like North is about wonder. And so he, he's, he, that has a less connotation um, to like Christ's birth than hope being Christ's resurrection like that, those tie very directly in my opinion, but it was, you know, it's just, that's how I saw it because that's where my hope is as a, as an individual. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Very well said. So what's next for Frack? So you mentioned that you're doing um, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yes, which is really cool, but I can't say anything about it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> At least you can tell us what you're doing. Like they all Sometimes we do interviews and they're like, something special. Yeah. <laughs> like, you released it. And I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, <laughs> I Googled it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. it's on IMDb. So I can say. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm doing that. And I'll be on that for however long, like a year and a half. And then um, from there, it's just kind of, I don't know. So you're an artist, but you're working in the production side. So how does that balance? Are you, I mean, do you only get to draw, you know, in your breaks? Or do you have some time to kind of express yourself on the job? Uh, yeah, like it's fun because as a production assistant, we get some of the fun stuff. Like typically on the floor when you're working on a film, they'll have like a board where all the animators put pictures up. And like, I just feel like you just put like Guardians animation and then 
we put um, their pictures up of whoever's on our crew. And so for our movie, I try to make it look like it was part of Tooth's palace, like her wall. And so I put little um, little circle. You know how like little drawers have their pictures on the end of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put pictures of them in circles and. Um, if you if you get a chance to look through the art book, you sh- you really should. You, in Tooth Palace, you know those towers that hang from the inside of the mountain. Each one has a different color, and it's each color represents a different continent from around the world. Hmm. And oh, well. we have a lot of international like animators and stuff, and so I put them like with the little tiles around them to match their color of where they came from. Mm-hmm. And I made um, I sculpted these uh, three little teeny baby teeth, like little bitty mini tooth, like and they were, they were like putting up their pictures, and so they're little teeny sculptures. And so I get to do that kind of stuff every once in a while. For Halloween, I tried to dress up as a character from the movie I'm working on. Last year, I dressed up like one of the elves, <laughs> and um, this year I dressed up as a uh, toothless kind of. Uh, I get, so I get actual draw a little bit of the drawing stuff, like whatever. Um, and at lunch they have like drawing classes and stuff, but what's interesting and that I did not really, I guess, expect is the right word is, um, how creative the production side is. It's, um, it's really interesting because like we help facilitate all these like artists make the movie. And so we, you have to actually think really creatively to problem solve, whether it's something as sterile or as clinical as a meeting, just moving stuff around the calendar to get like six people in the same room who have crazy schedules. (laughs) Or It's just a matter of like we, um, my supervisor and like our head of character animation, they go through and when we get a sequence into our department, they have to cast that sequence. And so it's like, okay, we need to give this shot to this animator and this to that animator and blah, blah, blah. But this animator is good at this kind of thing. This animator is really good at this. And so, like, there's some animators who just have this natural eye for, like, physics um, or how animals move or who are just really good, like, emotional actors or some who are just really kind of like they can really communicate humor really well. And it's, it's so it's cool being able to see that the talent and potential and other people and see the needs of the story and put the people who have that skill set to fulfill that need in the story. It's really interesting. And I really, really enjoy it. It's really crazy. Okay. So we wanted to, do you have any last thoughts or, um, things you want to tell people before we go? I would love to tell people to go see it. Um, Steven Spielberg said that it's going to be a a classic. So Mm -hmm. that's Thanks, Steve. (laughs) Thanks, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at FrackFracko. F-R-A-K-F-R-A-C-O. It's pretty much Frank Franco, but just ditch the ends. So (laughs) my Instagram is the same thing. My blog is the same thing at, that it's frackfracko at blogspot.com. If you just search, search frackfracko on Google, if there's any type of social media associated with that, follow it. <laughs> Classy. <laughs> Will do. Well, we wanted to thank you so much for doing this interview with us and talking to us about Rise of the Guardians because it really pumped me up hearing, you know, the insider. I'm like you. I love commentaries and I just love hearing and backstories and what went on in production and looking at concept art. So it's cool to hear someone who was involved and on a level that we don't really get to hear much about, which is a production assistant, which has a major role 
in getting everything done. So it was cool to hear your story. So thank you so much. Thank you. It was, oh, and this is kind of fun. Isn't you like that? If you go to the DreamWorks Tumblr, uh-huh. they, the, a lot of the story artists from the film drew little comics about different characters. Like you see like almost how pitch kind of not pitch is turning, but you, we get to see a little story before pitch was a complete bad guy. You get to see how Jack Frost learned how to fly. You get to see like Sandman and a cat, which is two of my favorite things ever. Um, so yeah, you should go check out the DreamWorks Tumblr. There's a lot of beautiful artwork on there. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I will. Well, thanks Frankie Franco three. <laughs> 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 we appreciate it. Seriously, it was such a good time. Oh, I had a blast. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. No I problem. We'll definitely call you so, up some other time just to bug you, just in case something comes up. <laughs> Ever need some B-rolls to talk in the background? I'm your man. All right. Done.